everybody out there in the galaxy, it's time for Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in to the characters, concept, things, stuff, ships, guns, laser beams, everything from that galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my fellow bounty hunter biographer, Ross. Mac, great to be here with you today. Uh, I liked your intro, that was a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, every week I, I look forward to what are you going to say in the intro, and it's always just a little different than the week before, and that makes it fun for me. Uh, we're today talking about Cad Bane. Cad Bane. One of the most feared, menacing bounty hunters in all of the galaxy, if you've watched The Clone Wars, because that's the only <laughs> place he appears. And today, because he's a little bit of a bigger character, and because of us not wanting this show to be three hours, and not we didn't have the ability to watch like 15 Clone Wars episodes That's leading true. up to this. We are going to do Cad Bane in a little bit of a new way, a way we haven't really discussed a character before, although we have done a few shows like this in the past, but not for characters. We are going to talk about our top three Cad Bane moments. Yeah. So where does Cad appear in the show? What is he doing? What, uh, what moments do we feel best represent him as a character? And we're going to talk about those. And so that way you'll have a good idea of who this character is if you don't know anything about him. And -hmm. if you know a few things about him, well, maybe this will inspire you to go back and watch a few of his best episodes. Yeah, so I think it'll be fun. We're going to use these moments to sort of anchor us and we'll have some more conversation about him, I'm sure, in the orbits of talking about that. We'll probably talk about a lot of different stuff. We're going to keep it loose and casual this week. We're going to fly casual. Fly casual. Yeah, yeah. Don't, Don't make it look... (laughs) <laughs> like you're you're keeping your distance. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. So I'm yeah. excited to do it. I uh, think it's going to be a fun episode. All right. And we'll get started right after this. with the Senate. How about you fellas step aside? On your knees. Raise your hands. Slowly. Son, I wouldn't be so hasty if I were you. Cuff him. You two, get these uniforms on and get this platform clear. Finish getting those uniforms on and clear this platform now. Everybody else, follow me. Morning, Senators. You should all consider yourselves to be in my power. As long as everybody behaves, this will be quick and painless. Do nothing, and it will all be over soon. I don't know who you think you are, but I, for one have no intention of listening to this kind of insolence. All right, then. If you'll all gather at the center of this lovely atrium, my co-workers and I will relieve you of any communication devices. Chancellor Palpatine, I think you should see this. Sorry to bother you, Chancellor, but I've taken control of the East Wing of your Senate building, and the occupants are now my hostages. 
If you care about them, I'd advise you to free Zero the Hut from your detention center. You should know that the Republic does not take kindly to such threats. Is everything ready? Yep, yep. Turn on the field. I'm in control. I make the rules now. If you so much as breathe for one of these lasers, the whole room will blow up. Senators, Jedi, I bid you all a most respectful farewell. Let's go. The most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. Now that Django Fett's dead, it's Cad Bane. <laughs> you know, you see those big glowing red bulbous eyes and that nasally electronic voice and that piercing blue skin on that giant pea head of his. All, and you're terrified. And it's all under that wide brim hat. And he's got these pipes coming out of his neck. He's he's uh, the weirdest Duros I've ever seen. That's for sure. He cuts an imposing figure. He sure does. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. The first time we ever meet him, mm -hmm. he's in that really cool scene of that like Coruscant apartment where just the light is coming in through the shades. And he's, you know, silhouetted by the window and just uh, this. They introduce him in ways to let you know that he is going to be a character not to be meddled with. And throughout his entire history on the Clone Wars, that's what we get. We get a character who is capable. And even when they're defeated, they take that in stride. They're like, well, didn't win this world round. Come back for the next one. And I will say this is uh, it's it's a very interesting thing. This is one of the few times where I'm happy. I didn't watch them in chronological order because mm. that is Cad Bane's introduction is looking for those Venetian blinds and being told like, hey, we want you to steal something for the Jedi Temple. It's like, that's impossible. Oh, well, maybe your reputation is good. It's like, and by impossible, I mean, I'm going to charge you like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, of course, can do it because um, I have a friend. We're, we're watching through Clone Wars. Oh, I love this. They, they had the dangerous thing of like, hey, I want to watch some Clone Wars because I want to understand the Mando stuff that's happening in Mandalorian. I'm like. Well, crack knuckles. There's a lot of material we have to get through. Well, could you do a good parts version? Looks up to the corner of my eye, looks at the ceiling, strokes chin, goes, yeah, what are the essential episodes? Oh, my god! And it's been a blast trying to figure out what, what you need. It's a lot easier when I only focus on, like, Mandalorian and who Ahsoka sure. is. Sure. And that like, makes those sense. are the only and, two threads we need to figure out. And that's a good way to do it. I wish we would have. We did talk about this, but I didn't think about it until literally just now when we're discussing it. You know, I have the list of what I rated each and every individual Ooh, episode of Clone Wars. So if you just useful. wanted to go through and pull out all the tens, I, I you think know, it might you, be useful. You could do that. Um, and, and again, and, and there is some selfishness. There's some episodes I'm like, well, we're going to watch this because I want to rewatch it. And I think <laughs> I want to watch the Blue Shadow virus. It doesn't no, really no. connect anything, but I like it. I, that, that to me is like the great low point. I enjoy it because it's corny. Yeah. But no, like one we're going to probably watch is like the Zillow Beasts duology. Oh, I love the Zillow Beast, yeah. But like, it doesn't matter. No, you do not need to know at that all. at all. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. But if you like Godzilla movies, um, <laughs> But the interesting yeah. thing about it is um, we we just got through, I guess, a week or two ago, um, Holocron Heist, mm -hmm. and then the the trilogy that follows that up, yeah. which is, but it's not at the same time, which is the Senate Heist and yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. where they, where they you know, spring zero from jail and, like, mm -hmm. how those don't chronologically connect together. Uh, it was funny because it's the first time they were like, 
Um, did that, was that supposed to happen before that? Yes. This is why some people cannot deal with it out of chronological order. I, however, can't deal with it in chronological order because then the production values go up and down like a roller coaster. <laughs> however, yeah, they do. um, it was just fun sort of reminiscing. Uh, and it's kind of one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to do this topic is like, man, Cad Bane is awesome. And the best part I love about Cad Bane is he's competent 100% yes. of the time. Yes. He never does anything kind of foolish Saturday morning cartoon stuff. His mistakes are things that are just literally out of his control. Yeah. Or the fault of others. Or the fault of others. Yeah. You know, like he's... He's shockingly competent, and it's yes. great. Yes, absolutely. I think it's one of the most fun things about him is his, not only is it a fun skill set, but like up until this point in Star Wars, we never really saw bounty hunters being that successful. Mm -hmm. You know, Boba Fett went out like a punk. Jango Fett only really had an hour of a film to kind of stand out and shine. And, you know, he did, but he still Other died Other than anyway. the marketing video for Mandalorian armor that is the fight with Obi-Wan, you didn't really get... A lot of that character. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Bounty Hunter, Zam Wessel, you know, the, these Bounty Hunters we'd seen didn't really give us a lot they in live Star in, Wars. They live in the EU, and yeah. this is a place where they didn't. They live in canon. Like, yes. Cad Bane, you get to see all of his cool tricks. Uh, I don't think they ever, I don't think in the course of the show they explain it, but, like, one of the reasons he's as, as feared as he is is he's the anti-Jedi. Like, yeah. he's got the pipes in his neck, so he has a redundant breathing system so no one can force choke him he's got the rocket boots so he can keep up with people that can you know leap like jedi can leap mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. i love all this stuff about like he is he is a perfect foil to the enemies he's constantly faced with yeah because he's i mean essentially the way i interpret all of that is he's prepared he right. knows his foe he knows what they can do and so he basically with tech outfits himself so he can keep up. Yep. Right? And that's what makes his character so interesting. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking about him today. Now, we decided since Cad Bane is such a, one, still evolving character, mm -hmm. and two, such a large presence in the Clone Wars, and we think eventually will probably be in later things as well. Maybe the Bad Batch. Uh, we wanted to do, instead of a breakdown of the entirety of the character, today Mac and I are going to talk about just our favorite Cad Bane moments. So we're each going to bring our three favorite sort of Cad Bane moments, set mm -hmm. pieces, episodes, whatever it may be. Basically, our our three kind of instances of why he's so neat and such a cool character. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about him. And then uh, if this is, you know, if you haven't watched The Clone Wars, if you're not familiar with this character, this will be a great way for you to sort of get a few episodes you could go and watch and learn a little bit about him. Uh, and if you are familiar and just haven't watched them in a while, hey, maybe this will get you to go back and check them out because I know I always like going back and watching Cad Bane episodes no matter what mood I'm in. Absolutely. So you want to get started, Mac? We're going to yeah, start with our number threes, I think. Yeah, we we're hoping that this is going to be maybe, you know, containable in an episode. If you've looked at the runtime of the episode, you'll know if we succeeded or not. And <laughs> we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah. Let's do it. So uh, number three for me is essentially, uh, I think actually in viewing order, it's the last thing we see him do. But it's oh. it's on Naboo um, right before Obi-Wan reveals that he's uh, been a bounty hunter with this crew the whole time. Yeah. Where Cad Bane has ended the Clone Wars 
under Dooku's advisement, he went to Naboo during this festival, kept, captured the, successfully captured the Supreme Chancellor, and has him at gunpoint ready to turn him over to the Separatists. Yeah. He succeeds in a way that Count Dooku himself will not succeed in Episode 3. If Obi-Wan isn't standing right there, Cad Bane wins the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I yeah. love that. I love the yeah. fact, because it's his plan. It's it's his, you know, it's his, it's like, yeah, there's like characters like Aval and and Obi-Wan's, uh, what is it? Uh, Racco Hardeen. Thank you. I could yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I was like, Hardman. No, no, uh, that's not a Star Wars name. Hardeen. Yeah. Um, but like, it's Hardeen, like, but like. If they were real bounty hunters, this is over. Yeah. And I love that. And it, that little moment of triumph right before it's like, well, actually. <laughs> so it's uh, Mac, just for anyone who doesn't know, what Mac is talking about is uh, the episode titled Crisis on Naboo. Yeah. This is season four, episode 18. And I know that because this is also one of mine, Mac. What ah. a coincidence. So I had this as my number two, uh, not this exact moment. It's more just the um, where I kind of decided was when they're all around the table planning the heist, when Bane is basically handing out the assignments uh-huh. and they have these like little devices that basically project a different body onto them so they can go in in different stealth mode and stuff. These people are imitating these royal guards. These bounty hunters are imitating these royal guards. And it's just the fact that Cad Bane is there. Dooku's, you know, the one planning all this basically funding it but cad bane is the brains behind it he's the one who brought all these people together and basically that it's his job yeah dooku trusts this bounty hunter to put together a team for such an important mission mm-hmm. right basically the most important mission he's ever he's ever run it's his first attempt at kidnapping the chancellor which he'll later do again obviously so you have this great moment of all of these bounty hunters including an undercover obi-wan coming off the tail end of a couple of great episodes where obi-wan goes undercover fakes his own death yeah, there's this... the great box episode so this is really the tail end of kind of this culmination of one of these final arcs for this character and it's really, really great. Just the whole episode is yeah, really, it's, really great. It's the end of a four-episode arc where, where Obi-Wan has earned his place to be at this incredible heist, and that's the whole reason he's here, is to try and uncover this assassination plot. Yeah, they know um, something's coming, but they can't find a thread to pull, so Obi-Wan has to go deep undercover. But for me, it's like when Bane finds out that Hardeen is actually a Jedi, there's this just frustration in him of like, there, if he was a lesser person, he would probably be yelling like, I do the whole time. Like, because Hardeen, he's always kept him a little on the edge of the circle because he's just like, there's something off about this guy. I can't yeah. put my finger on it. Yeah. And like, there is a world where he figured that out. He shoot shot Hardeen in the chest. Obi-Wan's actually dead. Yeah. And then he kidnaps the Chancellor and the Clone Wars end. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it was one of those things of it, again, just shows that incredible competence of Cad Bane that... Yeah, he's a bounty hunter, but unlike even characters like Boba Fett, like this is a guy playing at the highest echelons of power and being very successful there. Absolutely. That's the perfect way to put it. He is formidable, yes. and that's what makes him interesting. Absolutely. And he's got a baller hat. It's a very nice hat. Absolutely. <laughs> very wide brim. And like Indiana Jones has a certain yeah. magnetism where he can't actually lose it, which is good. <laughs> 
that's true. Every time it falls off, he does seem to be able to get it back pretty easily too. So it's not like it's uh, yeah. Hmm. Cad Bane, boy, and that I also want to just throw out that Crisis on Naboo episode being season four. Yeah, gorgeous. It is a yeah. beautiful episode. So there's a moment where um, it just popped out at me when I was watching it the other day. Anakin is just sort of uh, they're on this sort of this outdoor veranda. It's just kind of overlooking the lake. And it's nighttime, and so it's a dark sky. And Anakin is there uh, with Ahsoka trying to stop the kidnapping from the other end, you know, not undercover. And there's just this fight where Anakin is fighting bounty hunters. And the shots are sort of like from below. Like, Mm. so the two characters are grappling, and it's almost like the camera's at their feet pointing up. Yeah. And just the way Anakin moves and looks in that shot and the sky above him and the lightsaber, it's just really, really great looking animation, all the the subtle colors because it's dark, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, it's just really, really, um, I, I thought it was gorgeous. The thing that's interesting. And it, like I said, it's, it's one of the reasons I don't like ping ponging through the production order is like, even just in the stuff we've watched from the Clone Wars, 2008 movie, which we started with, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, you know, is basically literally half baked animation because they had to get it out three months earlier than they were, than it was planned to be out. Yeah. Um, even from that to where we are in like the middle of season two, just the amount of resources, assets and lighting they have learned along the way, just it keeps rolling. And it just reminded me of like, when you watched the Clone Wars finale last May, you're like, Oh man, this is how I remember Clone Wars. Yes. It's how you remember Clone Wars. <laughs> it is not how most of those seasons look. Cause it is yeah. such a huge yeah. push above. Yeah. And like you said, it's like when you kept going, we we got places like Naboo, which would have been impossible in previous seasons to convincingly create that space because they'd have to learn so many things in between those places to be able to even attempt the set direct direction and stuff that we are used to. Because we know Naboo from photography and you've got to get in the ballpark of that. Absolutely agree. Um, it's one of the things that I think... I don't want to say it necessarily makes the seasons that much better. You know, as you go on, the obviously, like, after season three is where the real big jump happens. But it just makes it more convincing, you know, to your inner mind. You know, it just it gives you this believability factor when the animation is... It's not that it's emulating film or emulating real life or emulating, you know, a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But... The difference between like season five Anakin and season one Anakin in his look, it just it makes you feel like it's more of a real character. Well, it evolves. The characters are evolving. The situations are evolving. And we are getting to more interesting places and situations like, again, to have this dress rehearsal for the kidnapping of the chancellor that we in episode three know, oh, oh, Dooku took notes. And next time he's going to do it differently. Uh, yeah. Next time I'll just slam a fleet down on his house and then I'll steal the chancellor. <laughs> a little less uh, of a light touch, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, he's like, well, we try, you know, try to do it nice. Now we'll hit it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get in there no matter what. Oh man, I love it. It's a it's a great arc. It's a great episode. Uh highly highly recommend it. So what's your number 3? Well, my number 3 is from season 2, episode 3, titled Children of the Force. Okay. Which is one of those episodes after the Holocron heist where basically Bane has been successful in stealing this Holocron that has a list of Jedi younglings, very mm-hmm. much like the Holocron we see in Jedi Fallen Order. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I picked this as my number three is for one specific purpose, and it's because of all the Darth Sidious stuff in the episode. But basically what it comes down to is Cad Bane being hired by Darth Sidious. Darth Sidious confiding in Bane, telling him kind of this one small segment of yeah. his plan. You know, Bane doesn't know everything, you know, why he's after this four sensitive children, but he knows he's taking them to Mustafar. He knows they're Jedi younglings, you know, potential Jedi younglings. Mm-hmm. And he knows that Sidious wants them for force related reasons. That's a lot of information for someone who is not well, Vader or Thrawn to know about Sidious. I- and it, I think it works because Sidious has learned to trust him because this guy doesn't care. Yeah. Like, there's this amazing thing of Bane is the perfect tool because Bane does the work. And that's it. Yeah. He doesn't ask questions. He doesn't have politics. He doesn't even have a moral code. Yeah. He's just... And it's not even like he's money-grubbing. Like, part of it is, like, you can tell he enjoys the challenge of this work. But he's just like, yeah, you give me more to- toys to like get more upgrades yes, and stuff to yes. do even more challenging work. And that's what I'm here for. Absolutely. And so just the fact that Sidious has this sort of almost unshakable confidence in Cad Bane um, makes Bane that much more of a formidable character. And this is early on. This is when we're just meeting this character. You know, this might be the second episode he's in. And throughout the episode, there's some really great stuff. You know, Bane uh, kind of like emulates a Jedi. He gets a cloak and he oh. goes and to, you know, a homestead and steals this little force baby pretending to be yeah, a he's, Jedi. He's on this house in Rhodia and he's yeah. just saying to the mother like, well, we've, we, you know, we're, we're pulling emergencies, you know, just to make sure that your child is safe because there's people out there <laughs> trying to kidnap your child. Yeah. Like, I love the fact he tells the mother what he's doing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. There's people just coming up, pretending to be Jedi, taking your kids. Mm. Awful. It's Awful. terrible. Can yeah. you believe that there are monsters like that walking around us? They could be right next to you. You so, never know. So anyway, just ignore my gravelly, menacing voice and my uh, you've never met a Jedi. blue skin, and just just trust me. Hey, for the record, Duros, which he represents, are supposed to be one of the most populous races in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, I know. Um, because they're like the best engineers. We, we did an episode on them. And one yeah. of the things I like about Cad Bane is Cad Bane gives a really good face to the Duros race. Yes, he's a bad guy, but you will never think Duros are just dimwits or something. Like You're like, Duros must be really smart to produce <laughs> that guy. Right? Totally, totally, totally. All right. Now, my favorite. So, like, the reason I picked this as my, as my number three uh, and mm-hmm. have it on my list is because of the Sidious Bane relationship, but there is something else in this episode that also earned it a place that I have to point out Mm -hmm. compared to, because there are a few other Sidious Bane interactions. Um, At the end of the episode, Bane has, is basically, he's transported to a space station, uh, his space station to retrieve the holocron that he stole, right? He's giving it back to the Jedi, he says. So he leads the Jedi into the space station and it's just this booby-trapped room yeah. where they step off this platform, they trip a sensor, and all of a sudden these like lasers start shooting down from the floor, randomly cutting into things. There are these giant automated guns, and while they're distracted, Bane literally disappears behind a fake wall. <laughs> he literally oh. just pushes in a wall and disappears behind it, eluding the Jedi. And I just, there's something about a fake wall. I'm always going to be into it. Well, it's great because Bane at this point was in handcuffs brought here by Obi-Wan and Mace. And you're like, how's he going to get out of this? Was like, there's the holocron. And they're like, oh, that is the holocron. 
And they just start walking into the room. And by that point, he's cut off. And you see Bane still in, like, cha- chains. And I think everyone even says something like, well, don't you go anywhere. Yeah. And Bane, Bane's like, I've got a false wall right here. Like, yeah. I brought you here because I knew this was my best way to get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so good. Well, we're going to retake the holocron. I don't care. I already have what I need. <laughs> my boss already has all the information. <laughs> like, like, I'm so many steps ahead of you that it's... This is just annoying. I don't like being in jail. It's very inconvenient. Yes. Yes. And, oh, man. I, you said it. You said everything about it. It is, it shows his ingenuity. It shows his willingness not to panic, which I think is important. So many people, you know, they get overwhelmed by a Jedi and they're like, well, guess I got to give up. Guess I got to give up everything I know now. You know, the Jedi have me. There's nothing else I can do. You know, there's even a moment. Um, is it the same episode, I think, where like Mace, Anakin, and Obi-Wan have to do f- like a three-way mind trick on they're, him. They're doing what I would refer to as force waterboarding. Yes. I mean, yeah. It happens a few times during the show. And when the show was created, I don't think I'm using waterboard lightly as if it's not implied. <laughs> like, it is tor- it is torture. It's... yeah. We'll never leave a physical bruise. It's just psychological because they're using, like you said, the me- the Jedi mind trick, the Jedi, you know, uh, ability to read thoughts. But to be honest, we see this most closely echoed in the films when Kylo Ren does it to Rey. Yes. And uh, I don't think Rey or Finn or anyone else or Poe, Poe, I'm sorry, Poe has had it happen to him. I don't think anyone would refer to that as like, well, I felt fine afterwards. <laughs> like, it's it's not a it's, pleasant experience. Yeah, it, it's like the Jedi mind take, yeah. like they're ripping those thoughts out of your head yeah. forcefully. Oof. And even Cad Bane, who's like cool as a cucumber, even in that moment, he's he's just like, get the hell out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wants it over. Um, and I mean, it also helps to just show that Cad Bane is not impervious or impenetrable to the Jedi. He is just a worthy foe. Which no, makes him even more he, interesting. Yeah, he has to plan around them. He he yeah. can't he can't take them head on. And he knows that. Yeah, they yeah. got they got freaking magic. <laughs> yes, right. they do. All right, Mac, I love it. So that's both of our number threes. Would you like to tell me about your number two? As I say, because we know about your number two. We know my, my number, number two already. Yeah, uh, my number two is uh, Cad Bane's introductionary scene. It's it's the Venetian blinds yes. on him. It's him turning over to already be in a conversation with Sidious. Um, mm-hmm. and the, the coolness of how he plays it, he's got like the toothpick in his mouth. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. I, a lot of people said this when they saw Mandalorian is like, Oh, Star Wars is back to space Western, right? It's, it's, it's giving you that feeling that you saw the first time you saw Han Solo shoot Greedo, you know, yeah. this is, you know, the okay corral bar as much as it is, you know, a cantina on Tatooine. And this is such a great other vein of that coming into star wars where you know this is the the top shelf gun for hire this is this you know slick murderer who is being hired by the bad guy to go into town and in this case steal something but it's the same kind of thing of like hey i you know i need to break this town you're gonna run in with your posse and you're gonna make trouble for him and Cad Bane is that guy. He takes the toothpick out, sits down, and he's like, you want me to break into the Jedi Temple? You know that's impossible. He's like, oh, I know. It's, I thought you were you know, m- more skilled than that. And he's like, oh, oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. 
And then I love he just rolls out stuff that we don't fully understand. I don't remember what, like, a Raven class with full stealth suite is, but, like, he wants one of those ships and get it for him. Like, I love the fact that it's just a little bit of glee of, like, oh, I was playing hard to get. I already thought of exactly what I want you to get me. <laughs> and he's like, he's prepared. And I need you to get me a Claudite. Why? Well, to get in the Jedi Temple, I'm going to have to kill a Jedi and ha- ha- have uh, them take its place. Implying the fact of, like, killing a Jedi. That's not hard. It's already been done, actually. Oh, that's right, because it is. In, yeah. it's in that apartment, right? Yeah, it's just, the body it's just not till the next scene we realize yeah. that body over yeah. there is a Jedi body. Yeah. He literally, that's how we're introduced to him. Talking with Sidious, he's already killed a Jedi. That's how we meet Cad Bane, and it's awesome. Yeah, and, and again, just sets the stage yeah. for him so well. There is something to be said. Don't be wrong. I, you know how much I'm a fan of Darth Vader and you know Ben Solo and, and these villains that are complex and complicated and yeah. to a certain extent, you know, evil happened to them in spite of their actions or, you know, whatever these people the, the modern day trope of a villain is not just a mustache twirling bad guy. Right. They're this complex character. And I, I love that. I'm a fan of that. I think that's great because I think it's a representation of the real world. Well, it, Having said all that, there's something so much fun about just a bad guy well, for bad guy's sake. And it's even better when it's a guy who's like, you don't know, like, does he feel bad about kidnapping children? Maybe, but it doesn't matter to him because he's getting paid and that's all he cares about. Well, the thing I liked so much in uh, The Last Jedi was the character of DJ who spells out what always was the place I connected with a lot of Star Wars. I love bounty hunters and smugglers, right? I loved reading the Han Solo trilogy. I loved reading, you know, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. This is such a foundation of my my love of Star Wars. And the one thing I always liked about them is, no, 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 no. They're not bad guys. They're not even, they're not even like, you know, your complex villain who's justifying this in their own head, right? Like Vader's justifying why he's doing all these terrible things. He's like, you know, the Jedi are corrupt and I've seen that. And maybe I'm going overboard by killing every single member of them, but I can justify that their, their presence in the galaxy is bad, Yeah. right? Like there's that complexity. I love the character of DJ when he finally sort of walks out of the movie. There's the part where like Finn's Finn's like, you betrayed us. It's like, Hey, you know, I saw an opportunity. I took it. I'm always looking out for number one. And Finn just yells at him like, like, I'll kill you for this. And DJ just looks back over his shoulders and goes, maybe. Yeah. Because kid, I know that my work is incredibly dangerous and I will probably get killed. Solo is so much about this life is dominating. Once you choose to be ambiguous, you can't choose to go good guy, bad guy anymore. You've got to stay in the middle. If you stray from neutral, it'll get you killed. Yep. And Cad Bane is kind of in that in that vein of like, there's a place where the Republic could have outpaid Bane and he would have turned code in a heartbeat. He doesn't care. And like I said, what I also think is interesting about Bane and I think what captured my imagination with him is he's so well compensated and paid that I get to, why does he want the money? Like, there seems to be, like, there's an ulterior motive to this guy who we we never see. But, like, I feel, like I said, I think he's here for the challenge about as much as he's here for the money. And I think the money just justifies him risking his neck for all this stuff. Like, when he's on Sereno during this, like, bounty hunter tournament to sort of get to the creme de la creme, creme he, like, he turns over to, like, Obi-Wan and he's just like, you know, where most of us are going to die in here, right? Like, this tournament is not 
to see who's the best. It's to see who can survive mm. all this terrible stuff. You know that, right? And the way that Bane says that is a very much is this great kind of underpinning of like, and I'm going to survive. So I'm giving you fair warning. If you see me in there, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, And that's that, Bane. Yeah. That's Bane throughout the entire show. His character, to be fair, never really feels like it changes. But that's no. because we're getting a character that's mature. And by mature, I mean... They've been developed. We, we just didn't see it. We haven't seen the heart in life that got him to where he's yeah. got all these implants and equipment and yeah. where he's got in all of his yeah. competence. You know, he must have had some terrible childhood yeah. to get in here. How and long we do Duros after live? Uh, I want to say Duros is around human. I, oh, I don't, I don't okay. think they're particularly extra long So he's probably not popping up in the High Republic. Like uh, no, 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 no. I, I'm pretty sure they're not. They're, yeah, I don't think they're that long-lived mm. at all. Okay. I th- yeah, I want to say Duros mature about where humans are. Okay. Well, one day we'll get a Phantom Menace prequel cartoon well, show or something. Well, you said, like, the Bad Batch is we're starting to open up the vein of between between two wars mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right? And Cad Bane, one of the interesting things about Cad Bane is it's kind of sad he doesn't have an ending. It's also, he doesn't have an ending. He's still running around oh, yeah. in the galaxy somewhere. We have no idea what he's up to. Um, Because... I think it's more of an art tip of the hat, but like he's in the graffiti on the ghost. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more of an art tip, but like it does imply that in universe Sabine knows who Cad Bane is. There's hollow novels about him or something, right? People know. Yeah. He's notorious. Yeah, absolutely. Reputation, his reputation precedes him. Yeah. And that's 20 years later that people (laughs) still are talking ghost stories about, oh, remember that time Cad Bane blew up the Senate? Oh, that's one cool customer. (laughs) He was ahead of his time. He knew they were corrupt before anyone. I was going to say, yeah, he's cleaning up the Senate. That's (laughs) you don't know what that senator from Rodeo was doing. That's the spin the emperor put on it for sure. Uh, All right. All right. So number one, should I do my number one and then we'll go to you for yours? All right. Well, for me, mine comes in the Hunt for Zero episode. So if you remember, this is um, the episode where Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss are after Zero the Hut because he was basically broken out of jail by Cad Bane to um, buy the Hut Cartel because the Hut Cartel wanted him because he had secrets that he could basically share and ruin. Yeah, ruin basically, they don't want Zero to get a plea deal. Yeah, that, if yeah Zero that's gets, exactly if what If Zero is. caves, which none of them have faith that Zero won't cave, he's got too many skeletons in the closet. Yeah. He'll plead his way out of this, and it's going to be bad for all of us. That's exactly right. So he's brought back to Nauhada. Wait, is it Nauhada? Nauhada. No, okay. Yeah. So he's brought back to Nauhada. From there, Voss, Kenobi, follow him. He gets sprung by his um, lover. I don't know <laughs> what would you. I guess you. His former lover. His uh, well, a person. Uh, a, well, not a person. A significant uh, other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. It doesn't matter. He gets sprung from jail, and he he makes it out. Zero makes it out. Is eventually betrayed and killed. But none of this really matters because this is where Cat Bane comes back into the story. Right. So. Uh, Kenobi, Voss, they find a dead Zero the Hut in his, his mother's tomb, I think, or his That's father's right. tomb or something like that. I can't remember. Family crypt. Yeah, yeah family crypt. And um, Cad Bane comes walking out and he goes, oh, guess I was too late too. And Kenobi looks at him and goes, so you didn't kill him? And he goes, no. 
And I like how they're just like, okay, I believe you. Because you would admit to it if you did. Right. Like, I like that they can be honest with each other. Well, there's that professionalism to Bane. Like, again, Bane is not evil. If you do a force check on him, he's like light Diet Coke dark side. But that's because he's not doing it for his own personal, like, vengeance or passion or hatred. He has none of that in his system. He's ice cold. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, uh, completely agree. I think there's an ethical argument to be had about maybe that makes him even more evil, but that's not the point of this conversation. Well, just think of the dichotomy of the Force. It's oh, he's sure. not a servant of evil. He's if if anything, he's flo- following the cosmic force yeah. and whatever planet has for him. Yeah, he's a capitalist, baby, and oh, that's <laughs> not evil. Well, no, I, I just mean it more from the fact of like bane is what bane is he is true to what he is supposed to be at all times and there's some sort of nobility to someone like you said who's super honest he just walks with the jedi like i guess i'm too late like and (laughs) and obi-wan's like did you kill him i'm like no and it's like oh oh why why are we just having this conversation because it's like because if i was being paid to kill you we would be in a fight right now i am not so i don't care if you're here (laughs) (laughs) and then i love how everyone's like well Okay, good point, but you're still going to go to jail. You broke this guy out of jail. And he goes, well, come to think about it, the Confederacy is paying a million credits ahead for Jedi. He's like, not going to fight until they want to fight him first, because once again, he's smart. Well, yeah, he's like, I don't want to go in and get the Jedi if I don't have to. Right. And I don't want to try and sneak around the Jedi. They'll know. And uh, yeah, let's just see. Let's see how amicable he is. And let's be honest. If Obi-Wan wasn't there, there's a good chance Quinlan Vos would go like, hey, you should go to jail. Are you going to take me? Nah. <laughs> right? Like, if it was just Quinlan Voss, this shot that they just walk away from each other, That's nothing happens. definitely a possibility. Yeah. But Obi-Wan, that lawful good boy is just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, no, you broke out of jail. That's that's breaking Republic Code 144362, subsection 8. Got to bring you in. That's very Kenobi. You're right. So this is the reason I picked this episode now is what's about to happen. So this great chase happens between Bane and the two Jedi. And they're basically with Bane's rocket boots flying Mm -hmm. and the Jedi are jumping, but they're flying through this sort of rocky canyon filled with these like plateau spires of rocks. These like tall, thin, cylindrical pieces of rock that end in these flat, tops you know like plateaus. like super thin mesas these yeah like you yeah, said yeah, spires yeah, yeah. yeah mean, absolutely and so they're fighting through this and it's great there's all these great little moments of like oh you know um uh obi-wan knocks a gun out of cad bane's hand and kicks it off the ledge but then we see toto fly over and grab the gun and bring it back to vane you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that and there's a moment where obi-wan is dual wielding both his and Voss's lightsaber and that's a ton of fun um, and, you know, we get to see Cad Bane incapacitate Obi-Wan and get the better of him. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's just this great moment of like, yeah, throughout the fight, the Jedi have the advantage. Cad Bane is on the run. But he is still able to overcome them because he understands that it's not about beating a Jedi or beating every Jedi. It's just about beating a Jedi enough to kill them or get away. Right. And he understands that. And so he realizes that, like, okay, I'm going to shock Obi-Wan. I'm going to get in close enough with hand-to-hand combat. I'm going to incapacitate him. But he doesn't kill him because he knows there's another Jedi there. And if he takes the time to kill Obi-Wan, he's dead. So he just is always doing sort of the thing that makes the most sense. He's sort of that character who's, like... very practical. Yeah, he's practical. You know, in a lot of other science fiction stuff, he'd be an android. He'd be the, you know, the C-3PO, the the calculating the risks. Um, but he's not, he's this, this 
incredibly interesting and capable bounty hunter. And this is, I think, the the my favorite, not maybe not the best, but my favorite instance of him basically going toe to toe with Jedi and showing why he's so capable. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think it's a beautiful episode. I think it looks good. Um, it's not my favorite episode from a plot standpoint of his. You know, he right. is sort of a more minor role in this episode compared to some of his other ones. But I still really just like that set piece of them sort of of him rocket booting through this mountain range area, uh, just trying to escape these Jedi. And if you don't know, Quinlan Voss is one of these Jedi who is walking that fine line between being like a dark Jedi or whatever you want to call well, it. Quinlan Voss represents a more uh, complete idea of balance. Yes. He toys with the dark side in a way that most Jedi would be afraid to even yes. get that close. Yes. Well, I mean, and eventually it does end up really coming for him and hurting him toying sure. with the dark side because he falls to the dark side for a long time. Well, a long time. But yeah, yeah, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. Um, that is a character who's really cool. And so just to see him in animation and go up against Cad Bane, too, that's a few points for this episode, too, in my mind. Uh, any other thoughts on that one, Mac? No, it's pretty great. It's a it's a really fun episode. Uh, even though Zero the Hut's kind of annoying, but hey. It, it, Zero the Hut. Well, yeah. Zero, <sighs> Zero the Hut edges on problematic. Um, mm, nah, in the hindsight, yeah. in the hindsight, which I'm sure what was really funny on uh, on this day they recorded his his voice for the first time because uh, Corey Burden did it, which I ironically also is the voice of Cad Bane and Count Duco, yeah. which is great because there's many episodes where he's having conversations with himself, yeah. which is always fun when a voice actor does that. Yeah, always amuses me. Um, but like he's so good too. Yeah, they just oh it, they they harnessed Truman Capote, which seemed great until it was a caricature, yeah. right? It wasn't harnessing it to create a connection between like Truman Capote, who's a very, very intelligent and very, very outspoken person. Like you could have made zero, I guess, cunning, clever and charming in that way, but they just, they, they pull it for laughs too much. And zero is far too hokey. Uh, He's never a threat. And, and again, he's, he's, he's the hot cartels representative on Coruscant. He should be more affecting than he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, up until this point, really, we've only seen Huts as these menacing characters. Yes. And Zero doesn't feel that way. Right. Which is fine. Like, it would have been nice to see a Hut that speaks basic, runs a club, and would be sort of like, this is the charismatic version of Jabba the Hut. You know, yeah. what is, what is a, a silver tongued, hot look like that would have been great and they sort of imply it but they never really i don't think they show it i agree Um, at least from my memory of it uh at least the episodes of zero i've seen is just a lot of whining and moaning and and entitlement and a whole bunch of stuff that i'm like even if i take it as nepotism like you got this post because i don't know your dad established this business and you're just the the wayward son who took it over or whatever it it just feels like how do you can keep your power base? How does anyone respect you enough to get this to be accomplished? Uh, completely understand what you're I, saying. I, I yeah. need a, I I need at least like a little more like Scarface or something to you, like <laughs> like like yeah. if he had a, like a terrifying mean streak or something like yeah. that would be. If he had like a went from this character to like an angry Kylo Ren type of just destroying. Yeah, just breaking him. the panel. A girl in a droid. Yeah, yeah. That kind of outburst where you're just yeah. like. 
oh, you're in charge because you're psychotic yeah. and no one, no one's going to touch you with a thousand foot pole. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Um, or if he had been like, remember in, uh, I can't remember the character's name now, but in Aftermath, I think it's the third one. There is a, mm. a hut that is like, it's a different, it's a hut. There's still a hut, but they're like physically imposing like they can mm. move fast through the sand like a snake and like right right are big and strong and can beat you up and kill they're you they're not the corpulent ones we're used to seeing as yeah as yeah, yeah yeah and it could have been something like that too just if you want to make that character more imposing i i think the dna of zero the hut is actually perfectly fine it's just again it i'll chalk it up to the same land of where i i roll my eyes at oh look it's pre vizsla you know, that stage we do in production. We just named a character after that because, ho, oh, in the writing room, that was funny. I still think it's a good Star Wars name. I know you have issues with it, but I think it, it sounds I have, good no, in Star I only Wars. have issues with it because I know what pre-visualization is. And so it wasn't a pun to me. It was a, you just took the name and you cut off a syllable. That's all you did. I feel like that's a lot of Star Wars names, though. And of course, now I can't think of any examples to back up my point. No, no. But to I... me, Star Wars is, his name is... Cad Bane. He's a baneful cad. He's not a good person. His name tells you twice that he is not a good person and someone you don't want to be on the other side of. It's real on the nose for what his character is. Or Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Therm Scissor yeah. Punch is, you won't be surprised that he's a big lobster dude because his name's Therm Scissor Punch. The problem I have with Previsla is he's named Previsla. And it doesn't tell you anything about his character. It's just, it feels like it's 3 a.m. The script has to be finished. We need a name for this guy. And someone just says Previsla. Like looking at the pre-visualization computer that's in the room. And they go, fine, print it. <laughs> anyway. I'd love to know if that's what happened. Because uh, I don't think it is, but I'd love to know. I, there's got to be a sound bite of Favreau explaining it somewhere, right? Well, and that's the thing. It's Favreau's character. So I'm just like, also, like, Favreau, you you respect Mandalorians better than this. Get, like, Vizsla's fine for a house name. But pre? Like, does it have to be that joke? Maybe it's short for... Preter. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a name. Pretanian Vizsla. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, but like I said, I, I'm fine with this names. This isn't the Vizsla topic. I, I'm fine, I'm fine with names like Cad Bane. Yeah. But there was also, there's the, the general who's leading the forces on, uh, Christophus. And I think his name's like, uh, Worm Awful or something this. like okay, that. Yeah, I don't remember this Like, it's, all. it's a really, well, cause it's a name you're not supposed to know. Like, it's, it's something that. You'll find it if you look in the Clone Wars Visual Dictionary, sure, right? Sure, yeah. And th that, and like, and that's fine if your name's like whatever it was, Worm Offense or whatever it is. Like, it, it's a really bad name. Or yeah. Savage Opress. Okay, yeah. Savage Opress is also pretty kooky, but you're not really supposed to be thinking about their name. Right. It's House Fizzler. Ah, anyway, Cad Bane. Love that name. It's stupid, and I love it. It's a guy you know what you're getting. He is. It's right there on the box. We do know what we're getting. Now, Mac, what I'd love to get from you is what is your number one episode? Okay. So my number one moment with Cad Bane. Yeah, your number one moment. Um, is So you've had the Holocron heist uh, with great moments where he's like hiding out in a Jedi robe and getting away with it. Um, <laughs> I, I and, and killing his little friend Toto because mm -hmm. he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I like it's not that he doesn't care. In that episode, he kills Toto because he runs out of options. And so one of his contingency plan is he has a bomb in Toto in case he needs it. And he has to need it. I think he would have been very happy to take Toto back out with him. Toto's a useful little droid. However, I need you to not, I need to get out of here. So you're going to go blow up. Um, so after that, you get to Cargo of Doom, which is the second episode in that arc. And Cargo <laughs> yes. of Doom is where like Ahsoka has sort of taken charge of the mission of pursuing him, mm-hmm. right? We've got to get this holocron back. Um, and, you know, dealing with the fact that like Anakin is not, good with letting her do this like he's got trust issues like he always does Mm -hmm. and this all culminates towards the kind of end of the episode where they've gotten onto the frigate where cad bane is yeah they are chasing him and cad bane basically has to make something happen so that he can get away with the holocron he needs to get it to sidious and uh right now he's got a whole bunch of jedi crawling over this ship and he's already decided what's going to be sacrificed, which is the whole ship. Um, and he's going to get himself out. And you see him start formulating a plan based on the pieces on the board. And it culminates in what is my favorite moment where Ahsoka has chased Cad Bane. Cad Bane tricked her into getting stuck in an airlock. Then Anakin shows up and he's like, what are you planning to do? And Cad Bane's like, I need someone to open this holocron. The last one I got, the stupid droids tortured to death. I need someone to open it for me. That's why I tricked your little Padawan over here. Padawans can't open it, but her master, who I'm sure is in tow somewhere, could. So, unless you want her to go and take a swim out in the vacuum, you're going to open this for me. And Anakin Skywalker, Captain Improv himself, doesn't see the angles out of this. Cad Bane's got Magna Guards, he's asking for his lightsaber, and he makes it work. Anakin opens and cracks the holocron for him. And not only that, Cad Bane's already like, oh, and I I already figured a way out of this room, like, the second you showed up. Like, yes, these two droids, they're dead. But <laughs> but I'm getting out. And just, yeah. just the masterstroke of him staring down what we know is Darth Vader. Because yeah. Ahsoka is an attachment. Anakin can't deal with attachment. Anakin is almost going yellow eyes with his fury over this bounty hunter getting the best of him and his padawan and putting yeah. her in this death situation mm-hmm. um and like ahsoka's being the good jedi going like master you can't op- open it if i die it's okay yeah. and then it gets like not for me <laughs> yeah i i want to interject here real quick because what i love about this is it's hard to remember i in my opinion because when the clone wars tv show starts anakin yeah. is at least a little bit removed from the end of episode two. He's had some life experience, right? He's gotten used to that arm and everything. He's gotten used to it. He's got the long hair. He's already got the scar. He doesn't have his braid anymore, right? Right. All of that, all well and good. That's fine. But I've always felt like we're missing some information there between those two gaps. Because when we're in these early seasons of The Clone Wars, Anakin, who we're seeing, like, say, in this moment, for example is closer to episode two Anakin than he is episode three Anakin, in my yeah. opinion. Agreed. And so you have this sort of angry, young, newly minted Jedi who is just, he's every bit of his knighthood has been during a war. Right. And the galaxy has not seen a war in hundreds of years, right? So you've got 
all of this sort of culminating in this guy who we know is going to be this incredibly powerful Jedi a year and a half from now when the Clone Wars ends. Mm -hmm. And he is, of course, still powerful in this moment, but he is not the person we see at the beginning of season seven of the Clone Wars, for example. And so to be sort of tricked by this bounty hunter, I think is just another sort of notch on his belt of like, oh, I need to be better. I need to be stronger than I am. I need to be bigger. I can't save the people I love. And this is just an early example of it. I think you're right. I think when you see the beginning of the Clone Wars, like we're in year one, there's like two more-ish years of the Clone Wars left. When Anakin's in this scene, it's more of he's furious with Cad Bane because this is what happened to his mom. Did he get here too late? I'm so furious. I lost my mom this way. I'm not going to lose her. And I don't know what happens from here, but I'm going to murder you. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's what it feels that's like. That's what it more sure. feels like. Whereas, like you said, by the time you get to episode three with Padme and stuff, it's like, no, if I just purge the last weakness in me, I will be strong enough to protect everything I love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think this is just, you know, you know, we'll never talk about it um, when we're watching episode three, I guess, unless you're watching the Mandalore cut that has Clone Wars stuff built in. Oh, yeah. But basically... We'll never hear about Ahsoka from Anakin, but she does change and affect him in this instrumental part of his life. And that is what makes the Clone Wars and characters like Cad Bane so interesting and cool is because they have such an impact on who these characters are in the Mm -hmm. keystone moments that we see in the films. And so it just makes it all that much more rewarding. And this is just a perfect example of Anakin having the Superman problem of... Do I save the world or do I save the person I love, you know? And that is the way to beat someone who's more powerful than you. You force them to make an unwinnable choice. Right. And you can think of, like, when we see, like, Vader in Rebels or something, like, by that point when he's been in command of this and he's just fueling on the dark side of, like, no, 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 no. If this situation would happen two years later, Bane's dead. Bane's already been crushed into a ball with the Force with both droids sandwiching Mm -hmm. him. Like... Anakin, through sheer force of will, would have stopped the situation from happening. Yeah. He grabs Ahsoka with the force, holds her as Bane opens the airlock, and then crushes the droids with the force. Yeah. And then pins Bane against the wall and doesn't let him leave. Well, you know, it's it, it doesn't seem that impossible when we see him taking down these giant you know, six story tall robot creatures later on, right on Ambara. When I think but, about it, you know what I'm thinking of? It's not canon, but like there's a great moment at the very, very beginning of The Force Unleashed yeah. where you play Vader on the Wookiee homeworld and you're slaughtering yes, all these people and you come yes. up on this child and he Vader looks down and sees his new apprentice and he goes, if you're my apprentice, I might have a way out of the terrible life I'm in. And he like looks down at the child, thinks for a second, then kills all the Imperial Guards so there are no witnesses to this child existing. He just slaughters yes. them effortlessly. Yes. And I'm going like, that's the kind of thing I think with like Bane is like Vader would have figured this out through force, yeah. not through submission. He yeah. does it through submission because he's still a scared young man who remembers what happened to his mom when he got there too late and he doesn't want that to happen again. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, we will get him next time. I believe in us. We can get him again. He won't have those problems later in life. <laughs> I I think that's a great way to look at it, Mac. And it ju- I mean, we all know the character of Anakin slash Vader is one of the most deep, complex, sure. and interesting characters of all of Star Wars. So everything that goes into his life, all of these little moments, um, all of these characters who are part of his overall story, 
just become that much more interesting because and, of it, because of their tangential attachments. And Cad Bane's interesting because he's always at these outflanking moments. Because yeah. like the rest of the episode, he's like three or four more times is dead to rights and gets away. Yes. <laughs> like, oh no, a bunch of troopers came up and we... Uh, I'll kill them, but I'll kill them in a way that doesn't damage their armor too much. And I'm going to pretend I'm one of them to get onto that other ship. <laughs> and when they figure yeah. that out, I'm going to rush and grab a starship and escape from a star destroyer because I'm that good. Yeah. It's, and it's when you great. get the guns trained on me, I'll go to hyperspace before you can shoot. Like Cad Bane is just so confident. And it, and like I said, what I like about that scene and why it's my favorite one is Cad Bane. There's an edge of like, I think I got this, but there's definitely like a Anakin's a wild card. He doesn't know exactly how Anakin's going to react, but yeah. he's pretty sure he's got this. Yeah. And what I love is we, as the audience are going like, Oh buddy, you <laughs> there's Vader running through that man right now. This could go really bad for you. <laughs> like there's a realistic stakes there yeah. because cat is dealing cat Bane is dealing with a Jedi and Anakin is just on the tipping point of not, really qualifying as one anymore <laughs> yeah uh i completely agree so good stuff oh man what a fun way to talk about cad bane i agree i'm glad we did it uh i'm sure he'll come back around eventually we'll talk about him again but for now have we said all we have to say for now yeah let's do it let's bring this thing home All right, we land the ship of this particular episode, a, a swift bounty hunter ship with the full stealth package, just like Cad Bane would like. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know, I had a ton of fun talking about Mr. Bane and all that he has brought to the world of the Clone Wars. Well, this is kind of interesting because we talked about we wanted to discuss these characters and we keep trying to figure out ways of like, how do we break down bigger characters? Because like Cad Bane is right in that sweet spot where if we did his entire biography, it would be too long. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also not of a big enough character in Star Wars to like break it into chunks like we've done with some of the characters like Luke and yes. Leia and Han. Yes. Like he's right in the middle. And I think this is I hope you, listener, enjoyed this because it's kind of a fun, different way to explore the yeah, character. Let us know what you think. If you thought this was a good approach to this style of episode, great. This won't be every episode, but we'll definitely do it again. If you didn't like it, uh, well then, hey, that's okay too. Let us know and we won't do it again, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But please, if you have a thought one way or another, let us know. Star Wars All In on Twitter. Yeah, and this is our third week of trying um, just sort of like big mono topics, like kind of talking about one topic. I also mm -hmm. would like to hear if you want more variety or more angles, or if you're enjoying just sort of focusing on one meditation for the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with some of these bigger things we've been doing. It's been a nice change of pace, I think, at least for us. Yeah. Well, we've been checking off boxes of like, Hey, what are some of those episodes we kicked down the road? Cause we were afraid of how to fit them in, in 2020. Let's finally do some of those. Yeah, and, and they sort of ended up being here in this this chunk. Yeah, but. And we're here making it happen. And uh, 
I'm excited to see what comes next. Me too. We have some fun ideas. I think. Oh yeah, up. and it's it's gonna mm, it's gonna be good. We we mentioned it actually already earlier, but like um I I believe it was if it wasn't last week, it was definitely in between here. Here we is the Bad Batch is officially coming out on May the fourth. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we haven't. I don't remember if we talked about yet. it last week or not. But uh, but either way, May the fourth. I think that's like a Tuesday, and then after that, it'll be every Friday. You know, new episodes will be releasing, mm-hmm. just like Clone Wars was. And I think that's about all we know. Yeah, we don't know how many episodes. I don't think we don't know. I mean, we assume the runtime is like twenty four minutes, right? Yeah, no, no. So, I mean, we're going to get, as far as I know, you, we get one on the 4th and one that following Friday, and then it'll continue mm-hmm. on Fridays until it completes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, actually, I don't think anyone knows how many exact episodes it has yeah, yet. Yeah, as far as I know, we, we don't know. Um, um, and I can't wait to find out. It's going to be exciting. I uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's where I land. All right, let me interject real quick because there's one thing I wanted to put in here that I didn't put in the original edit. So I want to add this to to you. Ross, uh, last week uh, when we were talking about uh, Knights of the Republic, I kept mentioning that it came out in 2004. Uh, You corrected me that it did not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just went with you on it because I I didn't have a memory of it. Uh, It did come out in 2004 on some platforms. Right, but not the one I played. (laughs) But not the original, which would have been a year earlier in 2003. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just want to make that correction, make it very obvious. Uh, We are human, we get things wrong. Uh, Despite our our, our research, we sometimes just gloss over the same information eight times because we just, I know I know what I'm doing, so... uh, (laughs) Just want to say sorry for that. And now back to your regularly scheduled finish of this program. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I have anything else to say. So until next Wednesday, I'm Mac. And I'm Ross. And may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.